You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Along with Zay Galindo, Sal Monta is going to be joining us soon enough. And uh, the Miners are now 1-3, facing uh, the upcoming game against UNLV, which is an absolute must-win. We kind of figured uh, tonight would go the way it went. We kind of figured Arizona would dominate UTEP. It's another Power 5 opponent, and it's another example of the Miners just going up against Goliath as they are David. And unfortunately for the Miners, they have just not figured out how to be competitive in these uh, games against Power 5 teams. And now the Miners will have to pick up the pieces and look ahead to what will be their most important game of the early season. Um, we get started today. I want to give a big shout out to the Oscar ID at the agency. They've got several locations around El Paso from the east side off of Montwood all the way to Fabens. You can contact the Oscar ID at the agency for home, auto, life, uh, even business commercial insurance. That's the Oscar ID at the agency at 915-400-6000. Uh, we are here. It is a late night. I've got the horse voice. Um, thank you to everybody who came out at the district. I know that we have some streaming issues out there uh, but nonetheless a big shout out to the district they hosted us they had a wonderful they helped us with a wonderful celebration uh, for this UTEP game we got a chance to see former minor Jadrian Taylor how about that big shout out to him and also former minor Ray Flores was in the house as well uh, so we had some former minor players well represented uh, Daylon Williams the former defensive tackle he also showed up as well uh, other minor fans George stopped by uh, got a chance to see Diego, got a chance to see Noah, got a chance to see uh, Luke. So really appreciate everybody stopping by. It was a late night out at the district, uh, but we got it done and we are here. We are live. Minor talk here presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Our telephone number on the show, 915-505-6009. Just getting things started here today, and uh, welcome in all our podcast listening audience as well. I think tonight might be one of those where a lot of people listen to us after the fact. They're going to listen to us on demand because uh, it's a late night, and I think a lot of people, unfortunately for uh, UTEP, checked out pretty early in this one. Uh, We'll dive into everything. There's a lot to get into from this one. Uh, I made a list of things and topics I want to hit on. Uh, I also made a list of things I want Zay to react to. Uh, But let's get it started right. Let's welcome on Zay Galindo, our co-host of the show. Zay, welcome aboard. You are here. It is late. Um, We were uh, almost 30 minutes past midnight, Um, and it's a little earlier than I expected. I'll be honest with you. I thought we'd be on by like 1 o'clock instead of 1230. We're on a little bit earlier. Uh, How's everything going, man? What did you think about this game? This this game was... um it was interesting. It was interesting. It's not a game that I wanted to overreact to, but I think I ended up overreacting. You know, I was there. Were, there was definitely some times where I was a little puzzled by some of the play calls, some of the decisions from UTEP. But overall, it was just disappointing game from the offense. I think the defense played all right. They they um, really lived to that bend, don't break. You know that that style of play. Because uh, there was definitely some some drives where I thought Arizona was going to punch this one in and really blow it wide open, but Utah was able to stay you know within about you know twenty points for around the whole game, which is not really impressive, but uh, it's not bad. 
Giovanni Gardier scored UTEP's only touchdown in this one in garbage time, granted. Uh, Kevin Hurley, backup quarterback, throws a touchdown to him. And uh, that's like the late reaction. That's when you know it's been a late night, uh, Zay, when fans are screaming for Kevin Hurley to be the starting quarterback for the Miners. What do you think of that overreaction uh, and some garbage time touchdowns from somebody that we haven't heard a lot about, Giovanni Gardier? How about that? Yeah, it was really cool to see him um, getting getting in the game, seeing both of those guys getting in the game, getting their first real playing time. And uh, it was nice to see them let loose Kevin Hurley. You know, we've never seen Kevin Hurley really let loose. He gave a couple handoffs in that FIU game last year, but um, I'm, I'm really um, impressed by him. And this backup quarterback competition just got a little bit more interesting. Okay, I like that. I like the way that you put that. Now, people are wondering already on social media, where has Kevin Hurley been all year? Well, I'll give you a perfect um, answer to that question. He's been hurt. Uh, he has tried to work his way back from injury right now, and he is trying to get to a better level of where he can play uh, extended minutes for the minors as that backup role, even play more in practice, which he hasn't practiced as much during the end of fall camp and then starting off in the season. So Kevin Hurley easing himself back into the mix, and he is trying to uh, – you know, vie for that backup quarterback spot. Jake McNamara took some garbage time snaps last week, and then this week it's Kevin Hurley, who uh, Dana Dimmel, he hinted at it this week. He said, hey, he's close to being healthy, and we got a chance to see Kevin Hurley in garbage time. But let's go back to the real stuff. Let's go back to the meat uh, of this day, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the bad, because... I mean, you know, UTEP gets the garbage time touchdown, but really three points is all that they had to show offensively. My, By the way, run game was awful today. Under 50 yards rushing today, and the Miners attempted 26 rush attempts. That's very disappointing on that rushing end. UTEP was top 50 in the country going into this game for their rushing offense as a team. And for them to have that kind of showing, that's really disappointing. Just unable to get the run game going. Deion Hankins, uh, nine carries, 34 yards. He led them today on the ground. But uh, Mike Franklin uh, goes to the locker room. He gets injured in this one with a leg injury. That's not a good sign. Torrance Burgess was kind of an all-around guy for the Miners, so he played a little in the receiving game, uh, showed what he could do in the run game, but could not get any momentum, Zay, in the run game, and that's disappointing for the Miners. Yeah, I think it all started up up front. You know, I don't think that offensive line got the push that they really, you know, they're used to getting. And even with that, I just don't think uh, they were overpowered in the trenches today. I think uh, Arizona's defensive line really controlled this game from the start all the way into the finish. And uh, just a really disappointing start to the year for that UTEP offensive line. So I want to get back to the offensive line because I asked this question last week and Dana Dimmel gave me a, a Dana Dimmel answer. And he said, hey, look, you're looking at this wrong. The offensive line have been proud of what it's done so far. Actually, let's just talk about it right now because I've been disappointed, man. Uh, four games into the season, I know they're one and three, and I know they've played two power five teams that by default should should push the pack and push um, you know the the UTEP offensive line in the in a bad way. But at the same time, I want to see a little bit more from their offensive line, and that is just establishing a ground game. I thought they established a ground presence in the Northwestern game in the first half, and then where have they been since? I mean. Uh, we haven't seen him for three quarters straight now. Offensive line, to me, Zay, disappointing. I look at the sack numbers. Uh, Dana Dimmel talked about it this week, says that that's a little skewed, says that RPOs are being counted as sacks as well. But still, 
I put that on the offensive line, man. They should be uh, a lot better than this, knowing that this is a veteran group led by guys like Stephen Hubbard, uh, Zuri Henry, Andrew Mayer, Elijah Klein. Those are veteran guys. eh? There's no excuse right there for those guys to be struggling the way that they are. Yeah, I'm really disappointed, especially you know the run blocking. I think that has been the most disappointing part of this whole uh not this whole ordeal of a season to start to it, but I just, you know, I think the pass blocking, it's been all right. The run blocking just hasn't been what we expected it to be. They're not getting the push that you want them to be getting. Outside of that incarnate word game, I mean, this this run game has been shut down. And uh, that's really disappointing, especially, you know, when you have guys like Deion Hankins, Torrance Burgess, and Mike Franklin behind what's supposed to be a good offensive line. And um, it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing from the start when they played against Jacksonville State. And, uh... They did not get the push that we all expected them to get. And um, outside, like I said, outside of that Incarnate Word game, it's been very disappointing in my eyes. I think that the Incarnate Word game also is one of those anomalies right now because you should push past an FCS team if you're an offensive line and defensive line. And they wore them out in that game. And um, we saw a crisp run game in that one, uh, Incarnate Word. Maybe it's a home and away thing, but what we have learned, Zay, I mean – you know, take what you want from these three games on the road, Jacksonville State, Northwestern, and Arizona. Miners are 0-3 to start the year on the road, and that just is what it is. So they're going to have to try to get road wins in October. They play at Florida Atlantic, or International, excuse me. That's their first game in October. Then they play at Sam Houston State. That's their last game of October on the road. And sandwiched in between is a New Mexico State game. So, look, I expected them to lose this game at Arizona. I didn't expect them to dazzle me. I expected more from their offense, though, and that's where I'm, uh, you know, still very disappointed right now, four games into the season. Yeah, you know, this game, it, it doesn't look that bad on paper, right? If somebody were to just be scrolling through ESPN and say, hey, you know, they only beat them by 21 points, 31 to 10, it's not really what you would expect, but watching this game, it was just so frustrating at times, watching this offense get a couple of first downs and then, I don't know know what happens you know around midfield UTEP could not get past that you know I'd say from their own 45 to Arizona's 45 that was like that was a that was a tough range for UTEP and you know it was like I said it was frustrating to watch and um we just you, you got that needs to be fixed especially for that UNLV game so I thought going into this game that the first half would be competitive I thought both sides would show good competition and that's what we saw but again frustrations offensively so defense looked sharp early on into this game we'll talk about the first half right now they uh, the miners had to punt from their own 48 then they punted from the Arizona 46 after uh, a Kobe Hilton forced fumble that put the miners in a good position they couldn't do anything offensively off that, and they had to punt inside the Arizona 46-yard line. Then on another drive, the Miners punt from the Arizona 49. I just didn't like the play calling when they approached midfield, Zay. It seems like the Miners are waiting for that play. Maybe it's on second down instead of third down because third down, you kind of know what they're going to do. It's going to be a run play. It's like a third and two play, third and four. They're going to try to run it, and they get stuffed. It's too predictable right now. And I think these coaches like when UTEP's in a midfield situation like that because they can predict what play is going to be called. 
Yeah, and I was really disappointed with the aggressiveness. I thought, you know, this is a game that you have virtually nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose, and you're you're punting all the time at midfield. I mean, I would have loved to see them be a little bit more aggressive on fourth downs, especially, you know, some of those drives, they're really fourth and short. You know, anything within fourth and five around midfield, I think UTEP should have at least, you know, rolled the dice on a couple of those. Oh, 100%. I mean, come on, give me a Gavin Hardison pass. I would be cool with that. I mean, Arizona's in a score, right? They're going to get points up anyways, right? Whether it's from uh, starting at their own fi- uh, their own like 46, or if it's UTEP's 46, whatever. They're going to score points. It doesn't matter. So why not take some chances like you're saying? Why not on fourth down try to attempt to pass and, and you know be aggressive in those situations just to get points on the board? UTEP has zero identity to try to score the ball on offense, and I know Gavin Hardison was frustrated today. I know there were a lot of drop passes by his receivers, but at the same time, the run game didn't get going. They have no identity on offense still four games into the season. Yeah, they really don't, and um, the drop passes, I mean, that was just that was really bad today. I think there was about four or five that were just, you know— unacceptable you have to catch those balls Gavin Hardison I don't think he had a bad game at all I think it wasn't great not not at all either but it wasn't like you know he was horrible he put a couple of those throws on the money and they were just dropped and uh that that can't happen stuff like that can happen and uh maybe it's excused in this game because there was probably no chance you were going to win but next week when you're playing against a team that you have to win at home that cannot happen Oh, man. I can't wait to get into the UNLV preview. Uh, Sal Montes will join us as soon as the UTEP football broadcast ends. We are just getting started here on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We're also available everywhere on social media. We got a lot of tweets to get to as well. We got posts to get to. Um, and we've got some more storylines that I want to hit on throughout today's show here on Minor Talk. Thanks for everybody staying up late with us here on the show. Uh, already getting a lot on social media right now. We'll get to all of that here in just a little bit. Um, let's let's go back to what I was ta- kind of talking about chronologically in the first half before we move on from this. Um, after those punts that I talked about for UTEP, they punt from their own 48, from the Arizona 46 and the Arizona 49 in uh, consecutive order. After that, um, Arizona scores. They go up 7-0. UTEP responds. A Torrance Burgess 51-yard uh, catch reception got them all the way inside Arizona territory, and they weren't able to convert. They had to settle for a field goal, uh, weren't able to convert deep inside Wildcat territory. And again, I'm I'm happy that UTEP got their first field goal made from Buzz Flabiano, but I'm disappointed that they weren't able to get seven points on the board there. I, I feel like, you know, UTEP scores there. They they tie the game 7-7. The, the game is kind of in, in, the, in flux, and uh, this is like late second quarter. So the, instead, they give it back to Arizona. Arizona scores on their next drive right before half, and they go up 14-3 right before half, and that can't happen in the future for the Miners. So again, bad end of the first half. And we've seen that way too many times by the Miners. Yeah, I want to go back to that that field goal drive. And it was just really disappointing after Torrance Burgess Jr. got into that position. They got UTEP into the red zone or maybe just outside. Yeah, into the red zone. And uh, the play calling there, I just was not a fan of. You know, it's a, let's see, it was a incomplete pass from Gavin Hardison. On second down, it was a first down run 
for one yard from Torrance Burgess Jr. That got him nowhere. And then you have an offsides, and Gavin Hardison decides to dump it off to Mike Franklin. I was really disappointed in that. Hated you that. Know, you have a free play. Take a shot to the end zone, and um, you know you end up settling for a field goal. It was good to see him, uh, Buzz Flabiano, make a field goal. You know, his first of his career. Hopefully, you know, there's that's a sign of more to come. But um, yeah, I was just really not a fan of that decision-making down the stretch in that drive. But then uh, in the third quarter, the offensive woes continued for the Miners. It was actually as if uh, Arizona adjusted even more against the Miners. They open up with a quick three and out that lasted less than 90 seconds. A three and out that gave them six yards. Then uh, Arizona gets the ball back. They get a field goal out of their next drive. They're up 17-7. to Still not out of reach, technically, right? I mean, UTEP could technically uh, put up some points at this point and then get back on the board. Uh, UTEP has one first down on their next drive, then they punt it away from their own 41. Um, Arizona gets the ball back. They score quick. Uh, under three minutes, they score a touchdown, and now this one's pretty much out of reach. It starts, it goes 24 uh, to three, and then um, the Miners on their next drive, a quick three and out that lasted under 30 seconds. Three straight incompletions by quarterback Gavin Hardison, and that was it. I mean, UTEP's just playing catch-up from there. Uh, Arizona is able to do whatever they want offensively. The defense started to break a little bit in the second half, and uh, most notably in the third quarter. By the way, third quarter for the Miners specifically, Zay, you're not going to like this one. When you look at their total uh, yards in the third quarter alone, 32 yards on 13 plays. Very disappointing. I mean, you talk about urgency in the third quarter. Talk about getting uh, into halftime with halftime adjustments. There was zero actually made, and Miner suffered from that as a result. So, um, yeah, just didn't, again, going to your point about urgency, didn't like that coming out of the half by the Miners. Yeah, and in the second half, this was just a really rough game to watch. You know, Arizona in the first half, they had 333 yards of total offense. UTEP in this whole game only had 332. So, you know, just that stat tells you how this game must have went. It was really frustrating to watch. I I keep saying frustrating because that's what it was. Yes, it was it was. it was tough to watch this football team down the stretch. Um, their offensive drives they were just they were playing. There was no creativity. There was nothing you know you could say. Okay, you can build on that for next week. You can build on that for next week. And obviously you have that touchdown towards the end of the game. But that's from two backup guys. That chances are aren't going to see the field next week. So it's like you don't have much to build on, and that's something that you look for in these types of games. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I know it's late. We got more on social media than we do over the phones tonight so far. Um, But to your point, Zay... I mean, I just look at – you can look at all the splits and uh, use that word frustrating uh, to describe UTEP's offense. 49 rushing yards, 283 through the air, and Gavin Hardison was 15 for 31, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 48% uh, completion uh, percentage for Gavin Hardison. The turnover margin, that was a key going into this one. I just wanted UTEP to do better in the turnover margin. Well, they did have one on their side. It was a fumble. It wasn't really costly. It happened late in the game uh, when this one was pretty much out of reach. And I do like the forced fumble by the defense, but they weren't able to get any points out of it. So what good is a turnover defensively that you can force on your side if you don't get any points out of it? What good is that turnover? 
it's wasted opportunities. That's what it is. And, you know, when your defense gives you something like that to work with and you do nothing with it, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's pretty deflating for it the is. guys on the defensive end, right? Yes. You see, you see that you just did something huge for your offense. It could be a, a momentum shifter. And UTEP did nothing with that. I mean, that's got to that's gotta hurt. Yes, I agree with you on that. And then, I mean, it, the game was out of reach. You put Kevin Hurley in. You get his chance to see what he can do. And fans were excited about him. Uh, but, I mean, that was garbage time. You, you, every quarterback's going to look really good in garbage time because uh, it's just a lot of soft coverage. It's not a lot of uh, in-depth coverage on the defensive side, and they just let, you know, it, on offense, you can get away with a lot. So uh, let's go to social media, then we'll hit a break, then we'll uh, hopefully get Sal Montes here in just a little bit off the broadcast, and we'll continue with comments. It's going to be a shorter show today uh, here on Minor Talk, but we will preview what's ahead for UNLV. We will give a Conference USA out look I've got a uh, a long point that I want to make about this UTEP team in general and then I want to talk a little bit more uh, when it comes to this minor group going into a must win game next Saturday against UNLV Uh, more storylines to come but let's go to social media this is coming from Raul Frescas. Why does Coach Dimmel insist on play calling himself? He says he has a lot of success in the past, but never here at UTEP. Let Coach Scotty O'Hara handle the play calling and see if things turn around a bit, at least to end on a positive note. Malcolm at Malcolm Kayan. This season is over. The offense is absolutely terrible. Rip City Trades sends us this. Those receivers look good. What the hell was that offense? Hashtag minor talk. He's talking about the uh, garbage time. Giovanni Gard... Uh, I can't even say his name, man. Uh, Giovanni... Gardier. Giovanni Gardier. I said it earlier. I'm not going to say it again. You're going to have to remind me every time I, I throw it your way. Um, I love that. I love the fact that he's getting a lot of love. And uh, why not, man? I mean, get the guys some playing time. Azel Jolly got playing time tonight. A true freshman for the minors. He was running nice. He actually had some nice uh, breakaway runs. I mean, look, when you're needing something on a spark offensively, maybe you throw Azel Jolly out there, but is it worth burning his red shirt, Zay? Who knows? I mean, I don't think it is. I think he's a guy with tons of potential, and when you have a running back room, uh, the, you, when you have three running backs that can do the same thing, I don't think it's worth it. His development is um, something that I think UTEP is going to you know, take their time with try not to rush him out there but hey you never know you never know uh Callaway sends us this Cur- Hurley uh should be the starter <laughs> uh Joe John at UTEP Mineto it's good to see Dana Dimmel smiling along with Jacob Cowing hashtag minor talk a former minor gets the win yeah I, I don't know if a lot of minor fans are thrilled about <laughs> Jacob Cowing having a, a great game tonight 10 catches 84 receiving yards a touchdown makes it look look easy Zay, he's a, a effortless player. He's effortless when he runs routes, and uh, yeah, he had to do it to his former team in UTEP, right? Yeah, Arizona made it a point to get him the ball today. I think they they ran him a couple of screens. I think UTEP overall didn't do too bad covering Jacob Cowing, but um, obviously he still had an, a, a pretty good game. Let's keep it moving on social media. Um, UTEP Mineto also sent us the UNLV Vanderbilt score. We'll get into that in just a little bit, but UNLV won 40 to 37 um joe chacon maybe ask the offensive coordinator oh wait you have to talk to dana dimmel Mm, talking about that um 
This is from uh, Rip City Trades. The offense is worse now that Dana Dimmel is more involved, and, and this is as good as it's going to get. They lose key players next season. Hashtag minor talk. Let's do it. I wanted. To, I want to get into that. I want to get into the 10 starters that UTEP will lose next year. Uh, they are going to lose 10 starters next year, and I made a list about this, uh, and it's really troubling when you put it all together. We'll do that. We'll also talk about the guys who are eligible to grad transfer next season as well. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more of Minor Talk as we continue, presented by the Oscar Idiotha Agency. More in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. We are presented by the Oscar Idiotha Agency along with UTEP Zay. Sal Montes coming up in just a little bit. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Arizona defeats UTEP 31-10. to 10. If you'd like to talk about it with us, 915-505-6009. Horse voice by yours truly. I apologize. Been a long night. Uh, we are here with you. We are ready to continue with you. And uh, let's continue to read more posts coming our way. 600 ESPN El Paso online and hashtag minor talk wherever you are on social media. This is coming from Herman Flores. Same old garbage from Dana Dimmel. Can he stop calling plays now? Hashtag fire Dimmel. Um, Garrett at Yancey1389. This game was chalked up as a loss from the minute the schedule came out. So no surprises here. I'm with you on that. The offense is unwatchable now. Seven quarters without a touchdown. And after tonight, UTEP is in the bottom 10 in the country in points per game. Dimmel's refusal to let go will be his undoing. Uh, The scoring per game is awful, Zay. I mean, 10 points tonight, not getting a touchdown at all. I mean, I'm not counting the last one. The Giovanni Gardier, I love that name. I love this guy, man. He needs to play more. Uh, I remember hearing about him preseason, and I was thinking to myself, this guy will never take a snap. Uh, We're going to get more from Amari White. We're going to get more from uh, Kyle McNamara, Marcus Bellin. Uh, But they've had injuries to their deep wide receiver corp, and as a result... Giovanni Gardier, he gets a chance today and probably will be redshirted this season, but he's the only one who scored a touchdown today off a Kevin Hurley throw. Uh, I don't anticipate seeing either of them uh, in extended play this season, and if we do, I think something uh, bad happened. You know, let's just put it that way. Uh, But to the point about scoring, that's something they've got to figure out. I don't know how they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe that's something that they won't figure out all year, and that could be their ultimate demise for this season. It could be. It could be because if, um, like I said, I don't want to take too much away from this game, but if the offense just lacks that that spark uh, that that they need, that they need, they haven't had this whole season. Right. If they lack this spark throughout the whole season, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough year. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be a long ride, that's for sure. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. And it, to that point, Zay, I mean, it's going to be one of those uh, long seasons where uh, everybody will be frustrated. We use the word frustrated in this one, even though this is not a game to overreact. Even though this is not one afterward where fans should say, "Hey, fire, fire Dana Dimmel." That should not happen. But at the same time, you should hold this offense accountable. 
for what it's doing or not doing in this case, and they are not having any success right now scoring the football. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, 600ESPN El Paso, online and everywhere, 600ESPNElPaso.com as well. Hey, uh, we had a question right before the break talking about, hey, um, you know, they, this is actually like a limited time with these starters. Like a lot of these guys are seniors. They're not going to be back. Well, how about this? UTEP will have uh, – they actually have 10 starters who are graduating next year. Gavin Hardison, Tyron Smith, Tyrese Knight, Tavita Tafuna, Keenan Stewart, Stephen Hubbard, Zuri Henry, Andrew Mayer, Elijah Klein, and Zach Fryer. A lot of those guys I named were on offense, but what that means is next year you're going to get a very inexperienced line, you're going to have inexperience at the quarterback position, and you're going to have more skill position players where you're going to lack experience. So I don't even want to look to next year, uh, Zay, because actually next year is – to me, a rebuild. It's not, hey, let's pick this up. Let's go eight and four next year. Let's go seven and five. Let's get a bowl win. No. Next year, to me, looks like a rebuild. So, what is this year starting off to? Well, see, that's the issue. I mean, it doesn't have to be a rebuild. You have the transfer portal. You can bring in proven Division One football players onto your team for a quick, you know, injection of life to your program. But as we know, that's not the way that Dana Dimmel and his staff like to go. Um, you know, building a, building their team, they prioritize JUCO guys who they can do that too. But like we like we're seeing right now, it doesn't always work out. And um, it's just what is this year? This they, that that stat right there makes this year even more disappointing because this was the year they had to win this year. Because if you don't, like you said, you're going to lose ten guys. And maybe about 12 guys uh, that have played before, that play meaningful snaps, you're going to lose them, and who knows what will happen. Yeah, that's why I, I want to spend a lot of time about you uh, on UNLV because 1-3 and three is, you know, not something where they can uh, they, they can crawl out of 1-3 and three right now, uh, knowing that two of those three opponents were Power 5 teams and knowing that they still have two games at home to close out the month of September. They could be 3-3 three and three to finish out September. Sure, but they haven't really proven that they could get to that point. And so that's why I'm a little worried going into next week against UNLV for this UTEP football team. Let's go to the phones right now. 915-505-6009. Josh is hanging with us late. Josh, welcome aboard. Good morning. What's happening, man? Yeah, uh, how y'all doing? Um, so, you know, I'm a little frustrated. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I traveled all the way from El Paso here to Tucson to watch our Miners play. Oh, Josh, I'm um, sorry. Oh, man. There yeah, were there so, were a good Miner uh, faithful represented. I saw the orange. Yeah, you know, they were there, you know. Um, but but the problem is, is I'm getting sick and tired of the same old song and dance. Same excuses over and over. You know, it, it, it's, it's starting to get to a point where I'm about to go watch, you know, I'm about to go to Coronado High School until Coronado suit up, play against Utah. I guarantee you Coronado will be Utah. Point blank. Well, how many points are you, is Utah going to score? That's my worry. Probably like three. It's not looking good, Josh. The offense isn't looking good. What? All right, let me throw it at you here. What is it uh, that impressed you today? The little that actually impressed you today. You were there in person. I wasn't. I wish I was. What impressed you by the Miners, if anything, today? 
the only thing that really impressed me about the Miners here in Tucson was was their defense. Their, their defense was stellar. Um, you know, it's just the offense. They just can't support the defense to, to actually make answers for them. So, you know, it's it, it's really frustrating. Okay, where do your frustrated uh, frustrations start on offense? Like, where do you put the finger of blame? Mm, I, I would say probably the uh, coaching staff. I think uh, – Dana Dimble, he needs to give up the whole play calling situation, period. Um, I think he needs to give it up and let uh Scotty O'Hara, you know, call the plays. That's what he's that that's what he's paid for, is is to actually call the plays. So uh Josh, are you coming back to El Paso tonight or are you staying the night and then coming back tomorrow? No, nah, I'm staying the night and I'm actually coming back tomorrow. All right, thank goodness, man. You don't have to have a horrible uh, drive home or anything like that. So we're good. We're good there. Uh, hey, I'm I'm happy that you at least made the trip. I'm sorry about the effort tonight or lack thereof. Uh, defense was there. Defense put him in the right position in the first half, but the offense just holds him back, and that's what happened in the second half of this game. Yes, sir. All right, Josh. Totally hey, appreciate agree. it, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Our telephone number. If you'd like to follow that, call up 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. We're also presented by the Oscar IDFA Agency. Want to give them a big shout-out. They're going to be joining us the next UTEP uh, Minor Talk Watch Party. It's actually going to be a tailgate party, so a pregame show, before UTEP kicks off against UNLV next Saturday at the district. Oscar IDFA himself, he'll be stopping by, and he will have some really, really cool prizes. In fact, he's going to be donating a mystery box prize that's going to be a lot of fun so uh you want you don't want to miss it it'll be at the district next saturday uh the 23rd ahead of unlv uh as the miners take on the rebels next week also want to give a big shout out to our uh awards on the show wind supply el paso brings us the hot hand award and new start homes brings us the drive of the game uh, we'll get to both of those later on here on Minor Talk. Let's keep things moving, 915-505-6009. Uh, Zay, aside from those players who I talked to you about who are gone next year, here are the players who are eligible to be a grad transfer next year, okay? Dion Hankins, number one, eligible to be a grad transfer. Justin Mayers, Mikel Broussard, the safety, wide receiver Kelly Akari, uh, safety A.J. Odoms, and pass rusher Mo Westmoreland. Zay, I mean, they could lose a lot of guys. I, that, that, you know, um, what this year could tell us is maybe it's not what we all thought, but um, if it's, it wasn't what we all thought, including the coaching staff, including the players, including the media members who were bullish on this team preseason, if it doesn't go the way that they want, we're talking about disaster territory. And when you're talking about a disaster, then on the on the back end of a disaster is a rebuild. And with a rebuild comes new personnel, new players, young players, and a whole new start. So uh, are you are you prepared for that if we get to that point? Well, if we get to that point, I, ooh, minor fans probably will not be happy at all. I don't think UTEP fans, you know, would be uh, very much impressed with if we're going to say it's a rebuild, let's say this takes two years for UTEP to get back into content, contending for you know a possible bull appearance. That would mean 
Let's let's assume UTEP goes under 500. That's three straight years going under 500, and one year going over 500, going seven and six. I think this fan base would be totally out. I think you know it would just be a really rough place for UTEP football as a whole. So uh, I don't even want to think about that. So are you saying out on this coaching staff, or out on this program, out on the regime, out on the players? Like where where are you going out on? Well, I I don't know if I'm going out on this coaching staff, but it'll it'll really depend on the moves they make in the off season. If this season does not go to plan and they're still here in the off season, then there's going to have to be drastic changes. They're going to have to utilize the transfer portal. They're going to have to change the way that they do things because obviously six years in and if they're in that position, it obviously did not work. So uh, you bring up a really good point because the reality is um, UTEP does not have a lot of money as an athletic department. So a lot of people out there say fire Dimmel, fire Dimmel, fire Dimmel, and they don't even know what kind of dollar figure that would cost uh, the university to do a move like that. And we haven't even got you know out of September so let's slow our roll on all of this kind of stuff. I am not a fan of midseason firings, but I am somebody who likes to forecast and look into the future. So if we talk about a season in which is not, um, you know, not a good one for the miners, fans are upset. All all of this, like you said, after the season, drastic changes need to be made. Well, if this coaching staff does stay intact and does stay on staff then maybe they do really aggressively pursue the transfer portal for immediate fixes. They get a lot of immediate fixes through uh, junior college transfer year after year. They get those guys who are going to come in mid-year and they're going to try to make an impact. Like, look, A.J. Odoms, he's a transfer portal guy. That's an example. Now, you might just have to get like six or seven of those guys, and that's harder to do than you know UTEP would maybe think, and uh, they don't typically do it. So they're going to get out of their comfort zone. They're going to have to recruit better than they've ever had before and try to build a roster that's not just good but can win and win right away. Yeah, you know, and I, I I love the transfer portal. I think it works. You know, Texas State just dropped 77 points earlier today. I mean, their whole roster is full of transfers. There's so much talent in the transfer portal, and, you know, I'm not going to shy away from it. Some of these guys are damaged goods. You're taking a shot on a guy who did not work out at another program. That's that's scary. That can be a scary thing to do, but you got to do it. You know, you can't, you can't be playing it safe, especially at UTEP. You know, if you try and play it safe, you're going to get consistent media mediocre results and I think fans are tired of mediocrity they are they are I mean they're beyond tired of mediocrity they're, they want to at least be competitive in these games against power fives and I, I I don't think that's a reality at this point uh Barry Odom is the head coach over at UNLV do we start it let's start talking about this uh Rebels roster and team I mean dude they beat Vanderbilt today. They were down 17 nothing at home they ended up winning for uh 40 to 37 Oh, I'm going to I'm going to say it right now, Zay. I'm calling a loss. Yeah. I'm calling a loss. I'm calling a loss. 34-24 UNLV beats UTEP on Saturday of next week. I'm calling it right now. It'll be interesting. I mean, UNLV, that's that's a complete opposite to UTEP right now, the way that they're playing, the way that that program has gone. Last year, Marcus Arroyo, he helped turn around that program. He was leading a long-term rebuild. Uh, I think they went 5-7, and seven, and uh, everybody thought, hey, UNLV, they're on the come-up. You know, They had a good season, but UNLV said, nope. Not good enough. They're not going to tolerate five and seven. And they fired Marcus Arroyo. They went out and got Odom, who coached in the SEC. He's a proven guy. They're committed to winning, and obviously, it showed today beating a Power Five team. 
And it, they did it impressively, man. I mean, I know Vanderbilt scored 20 points in the fourth quarter to rally back in this game, but uh, UNLV went, won the game. And that's a sign to me of a good team. I mean, you beat a SEC team regardless of the opponent at home when you're down 17 nothing to start things off. You're not rattled in that case. UTEP's down 17 nothing. You know what they're doing? They're packing their bags. It's over. Yeah, you know, UTEP's down 17 to 0. I mean, Gavin Hardison might attempt over 50 passes. I mean, you know, yes. this is UTEP can't go down early in this one. You know, UNLV, they're going to be all the emotions. They're going to be excited to play this game. They're going to be ready. You know, they're they're tasting winning and, you know, they're going in licking their chops looking at a UTEP team that has struggled this whole season, especially offensively. I mean, UTEP's going to have to be on their A game. They're going to have to be on their A game. So, uh, let me dial it back because I rushed this too much too quickly, and I just want to say this. UNLV next week is an absolute must win for the Miners. They are 1 and 3 right now. UTEP is. They have high expectations this year to get to a bowl game or to get to 7 wins, to get to 6 wins, whatever it is. Just get to that point to where you can uh, be bowl eligible and play some postseason football with all of these veteran players, all of these older players and seniors that we just mentioned. UNLV is that must-win absolute game for UTEP next Saturday. They've got to do it at home. It has to happen for this team because there's no way you can tell me this team is going to go 1-4 and four to, the, uh, to the real stretch of Conference USA play and win six games. There's no way that actually happens, in my opinion. They'll be uh, back against the wall just like they were last year, and when they had opportunities to win early season games, they failed on those opportunities, and as a result, that could cost them a trip to a bowl game, cost them uh, any chance to get to six wins, and actually can derail their entire season. Yeah, because now that we look at it, Half of these wins that we pencil in for UTEP, these New Mexico State, Florida International, Sam Houston, those are all three really good teams that, you know, come to find out. So it doesn't, you know, we we thought it was going to get so much easier for UTEP. They could just cruise in October. It's going to get tough. I mean, Florida International beat North Texas. They beat UConn on the road today. They're a good team. They're 3-1. And, one. and um, you know, Louisiana Tech's in a couple weeks. They lost North Texas today, but that doesn't mean they're a bad team. They still put up 37 yeah. points, and it was disappointing. They were mad that they lost that game they against North score. Texas. You know, they, they have a high-powered offense. So, you know, this season is not going to get any easier. You know, UNLV, that's a tough oh. team. But so is half of Conference USA. So, you know... I'm looking at this schedule and I'm saying, are we even going to get to four wins? Are we even going to get to five wins? I mean, you know, how is UTEP going to, how is it going to pan out? And I think we're going to find out, you know, this Saturday. So if UTEP asks themselves that question, how are they going to get to four wins? Um, Yeah, I think that's a really tough question to answer here uh, September 17th right now as it stands. And isn't it crazy, Zay, that we're talking about an absolute must win September 23rd of the season. There's still a lot of football to play, but it's a must win for this UTEP football team. I mean, I think that that should just tell you how, you know, how much of a disaster this beginning of the season has been. And, you know, I, I think disaster might be a heavy word for it. It's been disappointing. You know, you, you do, you did get two power five teams, but one of those teams is Northwestern who got killed by Duke today. Northwestern, you know, we all know what happened with that program. You lose to an F, FBS newcomer in Jacksonville State, and it's just, it's all around disappointing. And, you know, we all, in the back of my mind, I definitely thought, hey, 
there's a chance that UTEP does start winning three. But you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to accept that. I didn't think there's no way. But here we are. Here we are. You're exactly right. Um, so I've been I've been around the block with this UTEP football team. I am just gonna flag this UNLV game is kind of very similar to the Army home game that they had in 2017. And what happened in 2017? Unfortunately, UTEP went 0-12 that year. I don't see that. I don't see a 1-11 season. I don't see a 2-10 season. I don't see a 3-9 season. But what I'm saying is, I felt like their loss uh, to Army in 2017 derailed them because they put so much stock in that game. It was a non-conference game, their last one of uh, the season before the non-con or for the uh, conference USA part of the season, and then that team just went uh, into a spiral. Um, if you lose these games, what I'm saying is it could really derail your season. And one in four, those guys looking at the mirror in, inside uh, into a mirror on that football team, they're going to look at themselves and say, "What? What? Uh, what is going on right now? How do we improve this?" And is this season over? Is this? Uh, is you know, are we done? And you know, do, should we look on to next season, or should I look on to what's ahead for me here personally? Yeah, but um, you know, that's that's exactly that's correct. But here's the bright side, you know, if you win this game, your whole season's back on track. You mm. know, you have you have hope. You know, you're looking at that Louisiana Tech game saying, We're at home. We're good at home. We just beat UNLV at home. We can easily do this. You have confidence going into, you know, conference USA. And um That's, that's why makes, it's a, Yeah, that's what makes this game so big. That's why it's a must win. That's why it's an absolute must win. As we welcome on our co host of the show, Sal Montes, fresh off the broadcast. Sal, we're talking UNLV. We're already looking ahead. Mm. We're we've already pushed past this game and I, I know you have as well. We were watching uh Colorado, Colorado State instead of uh the end of this UTEP Arizona yes, game, admittedly. That's Right. So, <laughs> but we are all looking at UNLV next week because one and four is a lot different than two and three on the season. And that will be the difference of what will happen next week for UTEP. Either way, either they'll be one and four going into the real part of the conference USA play, or they're going to be two and three with a real opportunity to get to six wins. Yeah. And, and obviously looking ahead, right after starting the season one and two, and now it's uh, the team being one and three. Do you trust this team to win five out of the next eight games to, to have a chance even oh. at a bowl game? And, and that's really where it gets real. And I know you all are talking about, hey, these are winnable games. That's very true. But glass half full is saying that glass half empty is saying, hey, we've seen them lose 17-14 to a Jacksonville State. We've seen them, uh, you know, be duds on offense. Only 17 combined points on the road against Northwestern and Arizona. And, and to that point, Adrian, I want to bring up something um, off fair last week uh, before the the Northwestern game um, we made a comparison like you know what Northwestern is like the Vanderbilt of uh, of the Big Ten well what happens UNLV goes out and beats Vanderbilt not only that they drop 40 so what I'm getting at though is when it comes to um, when it comes to UNLV, yes, they have a, a crappy loss against uh, Michigan as well, thirty-five to seven. But they've shown that they can go out there and score two games where they have forty-plus points. Miners, let, let me go back to their schedule here. The most points they've scored is twenty-eight, and that's against Incarnate Word. That's very troubling when you have At a home. combined 17 plus 14, a combined 31 points between Jacksonville State, Northwestern, and Arizona. They just can't score. So, yeah, if they win, everything's great. But in my opinion, they haven't shown anything to um, to kind of 
put me in that mindset of, hey, they have a really good chance of doing it. No, they haven't given anybody, uh, you know, that they haven't warranted you mm. to believe uh, exactly. in them, especially yeah. offensively. Defensively, they're going to hang with everybody. And I think they're going to show up next week defensively. So it could be a slugfest. UNLV, UTEP. Uh, my early prediction, I, I gave it already, Sal. Mm. What was it? UNLV 34, UTEP 24. I have the Rebels winning next week, man. I have UTEP mm-hmm. going one and four on the season. I'm not pro- I have not been um, shown anything by this offense to tell me that they're going to put up points and win that game at home next week against UNLV. What about you? Yeah, it's tough because defensively, I think they can they can hang around up to a certain extent. Once they're on the field for more drives than they should be, I mean, at that point, it's like, can you really ask for more from them? I, I don't think that's fair. Um, so if you're the offense, you got to help your defense out, especially when oh, yeah. you, you have Tyron Smith coming back. You have um, you know the speed of Akari who who was just disappointing today, big time. Um, guys got to help out in Hardison. I think today wasn't wasn't half bad. You know, I think he went out there and held his own. And finally, when Hardison, you know, displays, um, you know, I want to say efficiency, but not necessarily that, displays um, that he can manage the offense out there, guys kind of kind of let down on that part, too. So they're just too inconsistent. Do you pick UNLV or you pick UTEP? Early I, prediction. I pick UNLV, and I think wow. it's going to be something like, uh, no lie, 45 to 17. Wow! At, at this rate, from what we've seen, yeah, I mean, no disrespect. I mean, seriously, right? I mean, what have we seen this year? Oh you know? man, it's it's a reality that I think that we could see next week. Zay, uh, are you going to be the only one who picks UTEP among us? Yes, you're picking UTEP. Go yes. ahead, do it. I mean, okay, when going into this game, you know, you're hoping that you don't come out with more questions than answers, and you came out with a whole lot of more questions if you're on UTEP uh, UTEP's end, right? Especially on the defensive end, there's a lot of missed tackles. This and the third, you can clean that stuff up. You're much better at home. Your backs are against the wall. UTEP's going to win this game. This is a classic UTEP win game. I mean, I, I okay, it's Boise State. Okay. I mean, that's what it is. It's okay. Boise State. Mm. They're going to make drastic changes. Something's got to give. I'm going to take UTEP. Um, I'd say maybe 24 to 20. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Somewhat similar to that Louisiana Tech game two years ago. I don't mm, think you're going to hold the, the bowl clincher. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to hold UNLV to three points. But I also don't think you know you're going to go out there and let them run all over you. So um, yeah, give me UTEP in that one. Oh man, I like it. Say with uh, with optimism for UTEP football. Hey, if they win that game though. He's right. I mean, I do say I do think that they can get some momentum under their belt uh, with the games that are coming ahead. And, you know, I'm not trying to hit the panic button yet. UNLV, if they lose that Mm -hmm. one, I'm hitting the panic button. I'm not just hitting that. I'm smashing the panic button repeatedly. And uh, red flags have been thrown around right now. So that's where I'm at. I'm at uh, walking through red flags left and right. I see all the red flags everywhere. And I see all the red flags and I'm walking through them left and right. And, and you know what, too? We, we say that UNLV is a big game, which it is. I mean, they're they're coming off of um, – uh, let me just go back to their schedule here. Uh, the win over Vanderbilt, they dropped 30. They, they allowed 30 uh, – they dropped 40, but they allowed 37. Um, either way, though, they've shown that they can score. But, Adrian, this is a theme that you have to relive just about every home game the rest of the way because UNLV, big. Next week, Louisiana Tech – big because you want to keep your your season on track then guess what in october 
They host New Mexico State. Who else do they host on the next home game? Western Kentucky. And then the powerhouse, Liberty, is their last home game. So, yeah, they win at home, but they're playing really good teams to close out their uh, their home schedule, that final three-game stretch when it comes to homestands. Forget November, man. If you go to November, if you're UTEP and you're back against the wall with six losses under your belt and you're going to November thinking, oh, mm. we can run the table, we can... No, forget that. Just no. Oh, man. Just just hit the end of the season at that point. Throw in the backups. Let's start to next year at that point. And you know what, too? To that point, um, forget November because that road trip is uh, out in Middle Tennessee, a place that they haven't been that oh, successful in, no. in conference play. I don't, I don't like them at all in that place. No, no way whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I'm. See, I'm, I'm so passionate. I get mad at this uh, <laughs> because of uh, where we were to start the season. I mean, what happened, guys? You, we're here. You know what's so funny? We're is, one and three. Is before the Jacksonville State game that week, you, you had to leave early. I think I think it was on Thursday. You had to yes. go to a, a, the first football game uh, for Football Friday Night, and and uh, Steve and I were talking, and he's like, "Sal, looking at this, you know." What if they go four and zero? And we're live on air, and I'm like, if they go four and zero, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be crazy for you and LV. Who are we to say that and think that? Wow, wow. <laughs> not not necessarily think that they would do it, but entertain the idea of it. Right. Man. I mean, come on. This is UTEP we're talking about, Zay. I I get what you're saying, but I mean, are you really foolish for thinking that? Like, think about it this way: you, on True. paper. There's no reason UTEP can't be three and one right now. They should be three and one right now. That's the issue. That's the disappointment. That's why everybody, every fan, everybody's so critical of this team because one and three at this point, with all the experience, all everything, everything on UTEP's side, the only thing that isn't is history. And you know, unfortunately, history is getting the better of them right now. Yeah, if they were one and three and they scored or averaged uh, twenty four points a game, I'd actually feel better than what I do right now mm-hmm. because. Um, they're just not scoring points offensively, and I think that's going to hold them back to uh, points that we we haven't seen since like the Kyle Oxley days, where they struggled to score points then. So um, yeah, let's see what happens now. Uh, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We are uh, going to read a couple posts. We are going to take a break, and then we're going to give out some awards, and we're going to look to next week and give our final thoughts. We're going to wrap this one up. It's a late night. I I didn't expect a lot. I expected this show. Uh, Uh, to be really looking ahead to next week, and that's going to be the big one. We'll hang with you late next week, uh, but this week is going to be a shorter one. Rip City trades. An injured quarterback comes in and makes the offense look instantly better. Hashtag minor talk. Mm. Tristan Pence with a couple good tweets. Another disappointing game by UTEP. The offense is putrid, and it's not Hardison's fault. But on the bright side, the special teams showed great improvement this week, and the defense played with pretty good effort tonight. This season isn't over, and UTEP has the talent to win every game in their remaining schedule. The next two games are extremely important. Win them both, and the season can turn around. Lose them both, and it's time for Jim Center to start looking for a new coach. Ooh, man. Tristan Pence with uh, with the big one. Yeah, if they lose both, one and five going into October, mm. forget about it, Sal. No, big time. Because We're talking about maybe eight losses, nine losses at that point. Yeah, it, and the fan base is not too not too keen, not too high on uh, on Coach Demo. I mean, we see it on social media just about after every game. It, there's a lot that, um, and obviously it's it's um, how people take it, but there's a lot that they don't like. They they don't like what they see when it comes to the results. They don't like what they see with the play 
calling, and he mentioned um, in the, in the presser this uh, this week how we wouldn't relinquish the play calling duties. That's right, and just the inefficiencies that's going on with this offense. Like you're the top guy. You've been there well, year six and the lack of production on offense has shown for majority of your tenure while, you know, you're supposedly calling these plays three OCs in. That's that's really, really tough to overlook. Uh Callaway 007 sends us this. This was just depressing to watch. The offense was an absolute snooze fest. Not optimistic for UNLV. The seat is getting hotter for Dana Dimmel. That's coming from Callaway007. Let's go to Robert before we go to our break. Robert, good morning. What's happening, man? Thanks for joining us at 1 in the morning. Great. No, thank you guys uh, for staying up. So I was just, uh, we went to the game last weekend in Chicago with, you know, um, Northwestern, and it was kind of a disappointment. Oh, Robert, I, I know, I know you. You're a big minor fan. You are a, a huge supporter. You tune in to us, and you send us a lot of good messages a lot of different times. So I hear you, man. I I think a lot of people are just as frustrated as you are. Well, I try. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes, but uh, we we gotta we gotta keep going, and we gotta support these guys. But uh, I was just wondering what you guys think the attendance will be this coming week. Oh, good question. What can UTEP do to, you know, bolster the attendance? Because, you know, that turns into dollars. That turns into, you know, a more successful program. And I just, you know, I like to see, you know, the fans in the stands. Good question, Robert. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Hey, real quick, uh, your early prediction for UNLV UTEP before we let you go. Uh. 3024 UTIP. Oh, okay. You said Jose. All right, I like it. Okay, good stuff, Robert. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009 if you'd like to follow up Robert here on the show. Uh hey, I'll tell you guys this. If we're speculating attendance right now, um, it's gonna have to be a lot of those pre-sale tickets. Uh oh, yeah. thank you to Mayor Oscar Leeser for buying tickets for city employees. Uh he bought those as that was reported last week. Um the first game had thirty thousand plus. I don't think UTEP will get to that point. Twenty five thousand. Does that sound right, guys? Twenty five thousand for uh Saturday, if we're talking about about um I think 5,000 tickets purchased by the mayor. I think he was going to purchase some other ones as well. Uh, what do we think about that? 25,000 over, under, or push? What do you guys think? Mm, I think um, I think 25,000 is about right. Okay. I under, and I say this because I underestimated the attendance on the, uh, Me on too. the game versus Incarnate Word. After I was like 22,000. I was, I was thinking somewhere around that, but uh, what was it? Something like 29? Oh, it was 30. 30. It was 30. 30. There we go. So I think it'll be less than the game versus Incarnate Word, but um, those pre-sales, man, they, they do big damage. They do. That, they that's do. That's what's up. They yeah. do a good job on all the pre-sale. And to that point, um, it's going to be interesting because they could also buy the tickets, but it's also about being there and going to the actual game. So that's another part about it. That's they've true. they've yeah. got to get they've got to give away those tickets, but people actually have to show up in order for them to actually capitalize it. Zay, let me ask you the same question. Over under for attendance right now, 25,000. We said the same over under in the first game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with Sal here. You know, those pre-sales, they do damage, and um, I think you're going to get your normal 15,000 that are going to show up if you're 1 and 11 or 11 and 1. Right. And um, I think, you know, I think you can get an extra 10,000 in. I think El Paso wins will support, and especially if it's free. So, you know, shout out Mayor Leeser. 
Okay, I like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go t- over twenty five thousand, just a slightly over. So maybe like twenty seven thousand, something like that. Hey, let's go to Johnny from the West Side. He's gonna join us uh, before we hit our break. Johnny, good morning. What's happening, hey. man? Thanks for joining us at one, almost one thirty in the morning. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey, we're hanging hey, in, I Johnny. Drove, I, I, I drove down there too, you know, and uh. I mean, I knew they were going to lose. I mean, come on, they're playing a pretty a decent team. I'm not going to say Arizona's great, but they're decent. Um, what do you think, man? Well, you guys, being honest, uh, Dimmel wins two, three games. I personally think he should be gone. That's my opinion. I just think this team is just, I mean, I see them, and they're not good. I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, the truth hurts, guys. So let's be honest, you know? let, let, we've talked about this this show, and instead of instead of uh, reiterating what we said, let me ask you this, Johnny. Let me uh, let's say you're UTEP and you don't have a lot of money to begin with, and Dana Dibble has a buyout next year. Do you give him one more year, knowing that his uh, contract will expire after next year, and then you know start the search firm next year, or do you do it now and then pay that fee, knowing that you don't really have that much money, but you'll you it's worth it uh, if it goes as south as it could? Well, he's been here long enough, man. It's tough for him to go, man. I mean, come on, come on, guys. Look, look at this team. Look at it for years how it's been. And let's be honest, man. At, there's a lot of teams that would be like this, winning like. Winning two or three, they'd be gone right now. They'd be oh gone yeah, we've talked ago. about that. Yeah, there's. And, I mean, hey, look at look at UNLV, the team that they're going to play. We just said that Zay was exactly. saying they went to a bowl game last year, qualified for it, and that still wasn't good enough. Yeah, and I saw UNLV beat Vanderbilt. I don't think UTEP has a chance next week. I'm going to tell you right now, they're doing not have a chance. They're going to get. They're going to. I mean, don't hang with them. Don't get me wrong, but. Oh, they'll lose by about my prediction by a couple of touchdowns. And I predicted 30. I told my friend before the game uh, a couple of days, I said 34 to uh, 31 to 14 in Arizona. And I was pretty close. Oh, yeah, you I were. Think, um, you know, some of these guys that I can. Did you see that tackling that they were tackling? I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, this is third grade tackling. Seriously. I mean. I mean, come on, man. You, you, you grab the guy and you, four guys are just running on the guy. I mean, he was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm blind, man. But No, I you're you're spot on, man. Like, Actually, I, I was thinking that, that um, since the Incarnate Word game, including that game, they just hadn't been as sharp tackling. It kind of mm-hmm. goes back to 2021. I thought that year, even though they were a bowl team, that was the one area that they kind of struggled with, uh, just simple tackling and wrapping th- wrapping up and uh, being more efficient there. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, Johnny. I, uh, I appreciate you weighing in, and thanks for calling us, uh, even though it was a tough one for you. Uh, but, guys, that's one of the things that continues to be a real Occurring theme. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Zay. Tackling for the minors right now. Um, we can give the defense their praise, but we can still hold them accountable. And I think that's the one area that they're hurting right now. In yeah, and I want to say tackling has only been you know maybe in that second level, but it's it's everywhere. You know, the defensive line they're not wrapping up the linebackers. You know, I really was not impressed with James Neal. Tyrese Knight he did his he did his thing as always. You know, it wasn't an amazing game like we're used to seeing, but it wasn't bad at all. I think the safeties were a little disappointing. I know Kobe Hilton did force that fumble, but outside of that, I think you know mm-hmm. the secondary as a whole they didn't do much. They weren't as physical as they usually were. You know, outside of that Jacksonville State game, I don't think the corners have done much. And um, just really disappointing uh, tackling wise, and um, yeah, it's 
Totally correct on that. Let's uh, continue on the phones right now, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in, uh, give us a call now. Now is the time to do it. We're going to wrap things up after our break with some awards. Uh, But let's go to Charlie Dodger. He's going to join us next after Johnny, uh, 915-505-6009. Charlie, it's good to hear from you, my man. What's going on? Uh, Bro, it's another day in the UTEP. Being a UTEP fan, you know how I hear you. I hear you, man. I'm always optimistic, even though I know the history, but uh, I'm just going to chime in on this one thing. There was a play where UTEP got a penalty, or uh, it was on on, uh, on Arizona, and it could have been fourth and one. Instead, they took the penalty, and it was third and four. Now, for me, I'm like... This is a Power 5 team, even though it's Arizona, whatever. But it's a P5 team. It could have been fourth and one. You could run it with Hankins, whatever, or pin them deep. And they took the penalty, which I get it. I get it, you know, because it gives you it gives you five yards. It made it to third and four. And it gives you five yards, and you get an extra play. But I was like, you know what? Take the fourth and one and go for it. We still kicked the field goal, and we got points out of it. But I'm like, couldn't you have just said, you know what, you know, if you're demo and say, you know what, guys, let's just freaking go for it. Like, you know, I'm declining the penalty. I'm taking the 11 yards that we gained on that play or whatever it was. It would have been fourth and one. And go for it. I'd like to know your opinion. Some of these guys are like, no, that's the right. Some of the people I was watching the game with were like, no, that's the right decision. And I'm like, but it's fourth and one. Like, it's one yard to get the first down instead of four yards, and which makes it a passing down. And it isn't two-down territory because you do kick the field goal. But I'm like, at fourth and one, uh, go for it. Like, I don't know. Charlie, I felt like there were several instances in the game where I felt like that. I mean, yeah, you bring up a really good point, but early in the game, UTEP punts from their own 48, they punt from the Arizona 46, and they punt from the Arizona 49 on three consecutive drives to start the game off. So you talk about that specific one. Yeah, I mean, go. Uh, I'm with you on that. Be more aggressive. This is Arizona. You have to try to get to a, a lead at halftime, not just hang in with them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 7-7, seven, 7-3, seven, seven, 14-3. We've seen that yeah. before. That recipe doesn't work. That success, it's not successful. It's unsuccessful. It was the Northwestern recipe. What did you learn from Northwestern? Nothing. Nothing was learned. Mm-hmm. Nothing was learned from last week. And what we saw was more from last week. What, the, what did they do last week? They didn't take advantage of opportunities when they crossed into enemy territory. They punted it away, tried to be way too conservative. What did they do tonight? They don't take the penalty. They just kick the field goal. They, they settle for that. They're okay mm-hmm. being down 7-3 to instead of let's get on the board and let's tie this game up knowing knowing that Arizona's going to score in the future in this mm-hmm. game, knowing that Arizona's going to put points on the board. You don't have the privilege of uh, of settling for three points. Well said. You, you don't have that luxury. You well know what said. I mean? These are games that we know you can compete, whether it be for a quarter, two quarters, 
gives a damn if it's even four quarters. Fans have seen that before. They want actual production, not just, you know, good football here and there. They want a solid game, you know, all the way through. And and this is something they haven't seen. Yeah, where's I like that. Where's the luxury that you're mm-hmm. trying to bring to the table? You don't have the luxury to do that on, as a defense, even though you're a good defense. You're not a great defense. You're a good defense. Zay, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that those play calls, that really just proves to me that, you know, UTEP really wasn't playing to win. They're playing to make this one, you know, not look ugly. You know, you are you have that opportunity. You're fourth and one. Do you not have trust in your offensive line? And if that's the case, I get it. Your offensive line struggled. But, I mean, still, I don't I – don't, it was really disappointing, the lack of aggressiveness. Like I mentioned earlier – what do you have to lose, man? What do you have to lose? You probably weren't going to beat this team anyway. You might as well go down swinging. And they did. Mm-hmm. They, they just they they took the strike, strikeout. You know, just disappointing. Very conservative, ultra conservative approach, and I didn't like it. Hey, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more with Minor Talk. If you want to get in, now is the time to do it. We are winding things down. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As Minor Talk continues, presented by the Oscar IDFA Agency. More in a moment here as we continue on six hundred ESP. In El Paso. We're back. Minor talk continues right now. 915-505-6009. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Check them out online. RiseUp915.com for game day giveaways. That's the Oscar Adietta Agency. Um, we got awards to get to, guys. Let's do it right now. And after that, we'll turn the page, look over to next week, and read some final posts that came our way as well. Uh, let's start off with our hot hand of the game. This is presented by Wind Supply El Paso, our great friends and partners at Wind Supply El Paso. Um, guys, it was hard to find a shining player on uh, UTEP today. You could look at Kobe Hilton. He had a forced fumble, nine tackles. You could look at uh, Maurice uh, Moesmoreland. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, and three total tackles. But let's give it to Torrance Burgess Jr., the one bright spot of that offense that was uh, disgraceful today. Three catches, 78 uh, receiving yards. He also had uh, eight carries, 22 rushing yards. I just thought he was explosive. He's a newcomer. He's coming onto the scene in a nice way. And uh, he was the only guy who I thought that was worthy of this honor of being our hot hand of the game. Uh, and that is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, El Paso is starting to get out of the triple digits but you might still need to fend off the el paso heat stay cool with master cool wind supply is an official distributor of master cool evaporative coolers and they don't want you to sweat it out when you wait for the temperature outside to cool off each master cool system is priced lower than the box stores to find your nearest master cool dealer visit a find a dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com that is a find a dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com zay are you good with torrence burgess jr being hot hand of the game yeah I mean you know the running game it really wasn't going but he can do it all I mean he proved how versatile he is he had a couple receptions they went for you know obviously he had that one big play but still he can he proved he can do it all he's a good receiving back he's a good slashing back he just gets to the tackles really well he's a really fun player to watch and um, I'm excited to see how they use him next week against UNLV all right and that is our wind supply El Paso hot hand of the game let's go over to our drive of the game this is brought to you by new start homes and uh man 
what drive do we let's give the garbage time time touchdown drive as the drive of the game uh kevin hurley um instigated this drive he was the backup quarterback who stepped in giovanni gardier i said it right i said it right zay i didn't need your help um (laughs) he was the one who caught the touchdown pass this one was from 25 yards out it prompted people on social media to call for kevin hurley to be the starting quarterback of the utep miners uh kevin hurley has never hurled a pass for the miners until today and uh, you know in in any kind of like relevant game and he throw he threw a touchdown pass to Diablo Valley College transfer's finest Giovanni Gardier um who had Giovanni Gardier scoring a touchdown this year before Amari White before Marcus Bellin before Jeremiah Ballard who had that <laughs> no man he did he yeah. did. He did. And that is our New Start Homes drive of the game. Hey, New Start Homes can help you out whether you need a mobile home, a tiny home to add to your backyard, or uh, you just want to check out their affordable builds. They start at just $75 per square foot. Check them out. They've got a location out in El Paso and in Las Cruces. Check out New Start Homes online at newstarthomes.net. Uh, guys, we turn the page. We look over to next week. UNLV, I have them losing. Sal has them losing. Zay has them winning. Uh, Zay, give me three keys that you want to see uh, from the Miners this week in order to prepare themselves for the Rebels of UNLV. Yeah, we're going to start off with uh, probably the most obvious one. Get your run game back on track. You know, that is what you live and die by. You have three really good running backs. Hopefully Mike Franklin's okay because uh, he's he's a pretty big piece of this, this offense. And um, But even without him, Torrance Bridges Jr., Deion Hankins, even Azale Jolly, if, uh, if you have to go to him. Those are three really good backs. You need your offensive line to show up, run block. Another one for me, win the turnover margin. I mean, they were able to force a turnover today. They had a late turnover from uh, Mike Franklin, you know, the fumble. But I need to see some some secondary, some Tory Richardson. I need Tory Richardson to step up, get, get yourself an interception. And um, last but not least, I mean, just jump out to an early lead. Don't play from behind. Try to avoid going down early and uh, stay composed. So those okay. are my three. All right, Sal, you like those three? Uh, I really like them. Um, definitely things that they gotta they got to hit on. For, for me, I think one of them is field position. Uh, for the first time today, they, they had a drive where they started in Arizona territory. It was the fumble, but we all know what happened <laughs> after yeah. that. Three more plays, and they punted. But um, make it easier on yourself by by where you start from. Uh, that's number one. Number two is uh, score points. I, I know it's easy to say, hey, score. No, we know that they can move the ball at times, um, get the first downs, but take advantage of the missed opportunities by scoring points. You're at home. And then number three, I think it's the obvious one. Uh, wrap up, man. You, you gotta you gotta seal the deal when it comes to those tackles. Don't let those second efforts um, look effortless for the other team. So two other things. I want to see Gavin Hardison be good against UNLV, okay. like we kind of saw today. I mean, he had some good throws, but I want to see his wide receivers catch the balls yeah. instead of uh, today. A lot of drops in this one. Um, on the flip side, I want to see. Buzz Flabiano carry in his momentum. He's made a field goal. Guys? Yeah. What's the buzz? They they didn't move on from him, huh? They ca- they stuck with their guy. Buzz Flabiano makes a 25-yard field goal. Easy chipping. 
What do you think, stock, say? I think buy stock now. I think uh, they're really <laughs> <laughs> they're they're uh, they're committed to his development. Obviously, you know you're not going to just put out a freshman if you don't believe in him. Obviously, they think he's the kicker of their future, and um, hopefully, you know his confidence is, is up after missing the first two. Poncho checks in. I'm not happy. I called it, but hashtag minor talk, and he called. UTEP is going to go one and three to start the season. Um, Noah at the Noah G. Great to be repping out in Arizona next week quickly turns into the most important game of the season. Hashtag minor talk. Mm. Good job, Noah. I like the photo you took. Manny David at Garcia 25. Looking at the rest of the schedule, I think overall 3-9 and nine at best. My prediction, UNLV 38, UTEP 10. Sigh. Uh, Texan Till I Die at UTEP Milkman. Well, you can't blame this one on Hardison. He was hitting them in the hands, and they were just dropping the balls. Don't know what they're going to do, but something needs to be done, and quickly. Joe Chacon. We didn't think he was going to check in tonight. UTEP has all the weapons to win a game, but until coaching can put it all together, we're going to hurt. A few uh, play calls right doesn't make up for all the wrong calls. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag time for bed. I'm here. I'm with you, man. I'm ready for bed. Hashtag this show is why I'm awake right now. Hashtag love y'all. All All right. I like it. Um, Let's go to a couple other uh, posts that just came in. Bring back Minor Rush. Ask Coach Canales how it worked for him under Dana Dimmel or the next guy. Dimmel is ass, plain and simple. Let your coaches coach. Man, harsh from Bring Back Minor Rush. Uh, last one. My name is Jeff. Why do the Miners do that today? I love forever the Miners still. I believe they're going to win the next game. Man, my, my name is Jeff is on one tonight, huh? Because he loves the miners still. He's all in, man. Man, he is he's Respect. drinking the orange Kool-Aid, that's for sure. Respect to him. <laughs> with, with some blue ice cubes. That's right. <laughs> uh, guys, final thoughts on this one. UTEP loses 31-10 against Arizona. Final thoughts, eh? Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, in games like this, you want to come out with more answers and questions. Obviously, that didn't happen today. You have much more questions than answers, and um, they're going to need to fix it. Your backs are against the mm-hmm. wall. You start off one and three last year. You're going to start it. You start off one and three this year. Something's got to give, and this is one of the most important games, if not the most important game of the Dana Dimmel era. Yeah, I, I mean, w- when I was listening to uh, the postgame show, uh, Coach Dimmel had mentioned that these games are going to make them better, you know, for the season. You know, go playing back-to-back Power 5 teams is going to, you know, get them ready for the season. But it's hard to look at those two games and see what, what did we do good so we can replicate it and feel good about going into Conference USA play. So it th- doesn't really match up there. So that that's what I think, man. Just another disappointing performance. They played well for some spots. But um, once it gets tough, you don't want to see a team crack. And that's what happened today. All all I'm going to say is to wrap things up, I've seen disaster seasons happen before. And I'm walking. I said it before. I'm walking around red flags everywhere. We see them everywhere right now. Uh, And this UTEP football team is going to have to prove me wrong. They're going to have to prove fans wrong. They're going to have to win fans back. 
and it starts next Saturday yep. against UNLV. Hey, we'll do it then. Uh, we will have an extended edition of Minor Talk for sure in that one. Uh, but for tonight, thank you so much to, for everybody listening. Thanks to everybody who came out uh, out at the District West. For Zegalindo, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada signing off and uh, saying so long here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adiath Agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso.